Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Tom Wolfe's Maria Baikalis is the first film to tell the life story of the legendary Greek-American opera singer completely in her own words. Told through performances, TV interviews, home movies, family photographs, private letters, and unpublished memoirs, nearly all of which have never been shown to the public. The film reveals the essence of an extraordinary woman who rose from humble beginnings in New York City to become a glamorous international superstar and one of the greatest artists of all time. And with that, we're, uh, that's the backstory behind this incredibly engaging and beautiful documentary film about Maria Callas, and we're fortunate to have with us today the director and writer of the film, and that would be Tom Wolf. Tom, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much, and thank you for your kind words. You're so welcome. This is such a fascinating and in many ways loving documentary about this amazing artist, who for many people, as we sit here in 2019, may only know the broad outlines of her life and and know that she was a singer but tell us a little bit about fill in a little bit about her backstory and how she decided or how she how she became an opera singer well uh, it's it's funny that you use the word decided because uh, what what we find out yes. in the film is that she actually hasn't really decided that that fate that destiny of hers it was first decided by her mother um, she was pushed into it as she was a, a young child and uh, she was pushed into young children talent contests and uh, had uh, early on piano lessons and singing lessons as her mother discovered uh, a talent or something rare shall we say in, in her voice very early on so it, it is it was not by choice but then it became um, she comes back to referring to that idea of destiny I think it was an element which was somehow a leitmotiv in in her life she keeps um, coming back to, to that idea of destiny throughout the film as she recalls um, that her life um, was not supposed uh, to be that life. Uh, shall we say in other words, uh, a young uh, girl um, born in New York uh, of uh, Greek immigrants of a very modest background and um, after so many struggles, having been through the war back in Athens uh, in, her, in her teen years and then uh, coming to Italy with literally no money and struggling for a few years um, with auditions um, to eventually become this uh, great uh, opera star and, and world, worldwide um, personality, celebrity. Um, that, that was quite a peculiar destiny mm. and uh, it's um, it's a very to me it feels like a, the story of a novel uh, if, if it wasn't her life it could have been an incredible novel and that was the idea behind making the film was rather than doing a sort of conventional documentary with interviews of other people and things like that I, I built the film as uh, a fiction as a feature lens um, novel adapted for the screen, except it was made 100% out of archives. 
Yeah, it is a yes, and this idea of destiny. The, there are you're right. Multiple references in the film by her, spoken by her, about how this in some ways was thrust upon her. She did it out of a sense of um, a commit. I don't know commitment to her mom's wishes, but. Her, she bent to the will of her mother in, in pursuing this. Uh, she seems to have been reluctant throughout, although in accepting this as her destiny, you have the sense that she, she understood the trade-off. That was the thing that was, I was, so, was so interesting to me in, in listening to her talk about her life was she understood this trade-off, that while this may not have been something that she would have chosen for herself, she understood the the good and the not so good that it had brought her. It brought her a fame and uh, artistic fulfillment, but then at the same time, she longed to be a mother. She longed, she thought that was the highest calling that she could have, that she could have been um, called to. Is, is that fair? Well, you're absolutely, you're, you're touching the, the, the very, the very heart of uh, the film, shall we say. The, the idea of calling the film Maria by Callas is not only highlighting that the film is entirely in her own words, it is also highlighting the duality between Maria and Callas. In other words, between her personal life, her life as a woman, and her life as an artist, and her public life. There was a, a strong duality, even brought to, a, to an extreme at certain points in her life. She talks about that um, herself from the beginning of the film, and she come, keeps coming back to that idea. And um, that is the very paradox of, uh, of, of, of a destiny like hers, is that it is a career that she was first pushed into by her mother, but which she then found, uh, in which she found an utter devotion, and I, should, I, I would say utter love for, for, for the operas that she interpreted, for the composers, and that style of music, which is a very specific style of opera uh, called the bel canto. She, she really found a, a, a deep love and devotion to it, and also to, to the public. That is also something that, that we follow throughout the film, is that very peculiar relationship with her with her public, a very strong bond that that was built early on and that went throughout the world in the various countries where she traveled, where she sang. You you, you keep finding that um, strong bond with, with the audiences. And uh, she was a very dedicated artist. But at the same time, um, while the callous that she that she highlights when she speaks of, of, of the artist, of the public figure, while, while the callous was out there uh, adored by, by the whole world and, uh, and, and, and revered artist, of course, controversial also. We, we get into that in the film mm -hmm. with the so-called scandals and all that. But at the same time, Maria, um, the woman, the, which had nothing to do with the artist and the public figure, lacked uh, tremendously a fulfillment in her personal life. Um, that included having a happy marriage and having children, which she never had and which was probably one of the greatest tragedies uh, of her life. Yeah, there's a, a doc, the part of the film, there is a, I'll say it's a through line in, in the film, this interview that she did with David Frost, and she says a lot of the most revealing things about herself and about her life in this interview. And one that struck me, it's near the beginning of the film, I, want, I wanted to be Maria, 
but there is callous, something along those lines. I think I'm paraphrasing a little bit that here. That I have to live up to. But that I have to live up to. But, and, 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 but she says, but if you listen to me, you listen to my music, you, you will, will find all of myself in yes, there. Yes, yes. So, again... And that is so true. Yes. There's this, this kind of um, shadow boxing that she's doing with herself and with the expectations for her career and for her destiny. It's just such a wonderful aspect of her. It's so, it's so enthralling. to it, it just pulls you in to her. I want people to get to know Maria Callas when, after seeing this film. I, I feel like she's, a, she's an artist, but she's also something of a... Um, she's iconic in her ability to be able to project all of the, these different aspects of herself. Absolutely, absolutely. And what, in what she says, uh, when, when she says people will find all of myself in there, it highlights another aspect which is quite interesting, which is another layer of subtext in the film, is the fact that every piece she, she sings, uh, most of the time, has a resonance in her own life. Mm. Uh, in, other, in other words, it is not only performing a character, an operatic role, uh, but the words that that character sings do have a meaning in her own life and uh, certain times have a direct uh, resonance with what she's going through. And the best example of that is when she starts uh, singing Carmen, uh, which she, she has never sung before, and that is in the beginning of the 60s, which is precisely when her romance with Aristotle Onassis starts. And that is the time when she sings on stage, Love is a Rebellious Bird. And uh, that, is, that is exactly the, the mirror uh, on stage of what's happening in, in her personal life. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of subtext like that. And, uh, of course, she was extremely conscious of, of all of it. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the director of the new documentary film that's currently out on um, VOD. You can get it on a number of different platforms now. It's a tremendous, in, tremendously engaging documentary called Maria by Callis. And... I, uh, we're speaking with Tom Wolf. Pardon me, I didn't left that part out. We're speaking with the director and writer Tom Wolf. Uh, I do, I do want to touch on something that I think was part. It certainly was an, a huge event in her formative years, and that is that she she lived through World War II, and right. that there were some there were some uh, things about her personal life and about her mother. Again, once again, her mother and her influence, impact on Maria during this period of time. And I, again, sort of, you know, what kind of an impact do you think an event like that, living through an event like that, uh, had on Maria Callas? Well, I will tell you. I mean, obviously, it was, uh, it was the hardest of times uh, going through the war, uh, especially in Athens. Um, it, was, it was very difficult and challenging. She, she mentions it in, in the beginning of the film. But I want to touch on a, on, a, on a very interesting point that is, again, coming back to the subject of destiny, is when she arrives to Athens right before the war, and she's forced to go back to Greece um, again by her mother, uh, who, who, decide, who has decided to, to return there, um, not expecting the war, obviously. But uh, the incredible thing is that when she arrives, she immediately um, is... Um, 
is going for an audition at the conservatory in Athens. And that is precisely where she meets the only person um, which had so much influence in, on her artistic life, and also to an extent on her personal life, that is Elvira de Hidalgo. Mm -hmm. that is, uh, she's a great singing teacher uh, back in those days. She's one of the only uh, characters who have in inherited the, the, the great wisdom and, and knowledges and tips of the, of the bel canto style um, that, that Callas is going to revive years later. And uh, it's funny because we, we see Elvira de Hidalgo in the film in an interview that was done back in the 60s, um, actually for, for a special program with Callas. So it was done live. And that is the only person in the film that we see uh, uh, outside of, of Maria herself. And that is because what she says is so important about uh, building uh, the artist, the young artist, uh, rather building from a young girl a great artist and Elvira de Hidalgo contributed tremendously to that and uh, Callas kept referring to her uh, all the time even in the in the later years and also um, she's an important character because she was sort of a substitute of a mother for Callas. She was a very loving uh, person, and outside of, of being an, an incredible teacher, she was very devoted um, to her and very affectionate. Um, and Callas kept um, writing to Elvira uh, all throughout the years, and that is the person uh, to whom she confides, even in the most difficult and desperate moments in her life. Yeah. For example, when Onassis breaks up with her and uh, leaves her for Jackie Kennedy, um, we, we hear in the film a few letters that are being read by Joyce Di Donato. Yes. Uh, those are letters wrote by Carlos to Elvira de Hidalgo, and that is the only person to whom she confides about the, the desperation and uh, the heartbreak that she has at that time of her life. So it's a very special relationship, and it started right then in Athens during the war. And it, and it seemed to prepare her not, not just in terms of her vocal ability, sort of the training that she received from her, but also there was a lot of life uh, preparation or advice that she gave Maria that played out well, it served her well in the rest of her life. So... You're absolutely, I'm so drawn to this. And you mentioned um, Joyce uh, Di Donato, who reads the letters. Who, again, it's a beautiful part of the film, and I'm so glad you got someone who just is, just, it, it's a beautiful performance on her part. In, in, absolutely. And it uh, really complements the footage that we see of Maria Callas talking about her own life. Uh, it just uh, it works so well. That that's the thing about the film, is it is not a traditional documentary with talking heads talking about her impact on opera, her life, etc. It is her, and uh, and she comes across intelligent, clear-eyed. She understands the world she lives in. And again, I come back to this thing that kept coming to me watching the film, this vulnerability that seemed to last her entire life. I always felt like she was someone who was w wanted to love and wanted to be loved. And I think her the artistic side, being in front of a, uh, an adoring audience, was some part of that, but she wanted more out of life. And, and we see this in the film and her pursuits. Again, is that a fair assessment of her? It is. It is. Uh, 
she was at the same time rather confident, or at least she she could look rather confident. Mm. But there was definitely a dimension of, of vulnerability. And that is something I was quite interested to explore. Perhaps that is why the film is called Maria by Callas, and not Callas by Maria. Mm. I have been asked that question a couple of times. Mm. And to me, it was always about revealing the woman behind the legend. It was about revealing who was Maria. Uh, that was a person so little known behind the great artist that, that everyone knows. And I found a, a person that was so different from, yeah. from the idea we, we had of, of that woman, of that character, of that personality. Again, some people said strong personality, and that, that, that was also the case. Yeah. But the, the woman was fragile, was vulnerable, was joyful also. Yeah. We, we, we find in the film that she had a great, great sense of humor. And I think it, it shows, again, a very different aspect that is quite unexpected about uh, someone like her um, with, with all the ideas we, we had about her. So it gets deeper into the intimate side of things yeah. and uh, how a person goes through life where there are so much struggles and obstacles and glory at the same time. But when a whole life is lived in the public eye, where it is so difficult to have a sort of normal life, and in the end, that is maybe the, the, the greatest um, frustration for her, is that with all the glories uh, she had, and the obstacles too, but in the end, she, she would have um, hoped for a normal life. Maria would have liked a normal life, mm. but of course it was not possible yeah. to have a normal life when you're called Maria Callas. Right. And w one of the things uh, about opera, and particularly at the, at the levels that she was at, and I, if I'm mischaracterizing me, this, please, uh, please let me know, but opera is a very demanding artistic endeavor, and the people who are aficionados of opera guard that very very seriously they guard that sort of what they consider to be the highest reaches of the particular art of singing her her ability to emote and act on stage is also one of her strengths and i think all of those things in combination are things that in the opera world are valued as as much if not more than other art forms and they guard it seriously and and and, and vigorously and yet and she she was able to navigate that and and, and I, I just find again that's another part of it that, that strength that i think you're talking about in terms of her confidence yes not only that it's only also the the work and the dedication and the effort because all you said was absolutely true it is probably uh, the most demanding um art form in singing because opera is not only about singing. I mean, singing with uh, uh, extreme technique, extreme um, physical difficulties, uh, but also it's an art form that combines singing with acting. It is opera in a way, to me, is a, is a combination of film and theater and singing and music all at the same yeah. time. Mm. And it is a very uh, demanding art form and also a very subtle 
balance between all of these different art forms brought into one, combined into one. And it is very rare to master all of these combinations into one performance. And that is probably one of the um, uh, part of the phenomenon of Maria Callas, why she was so unique, because she mastered all of that. She mastered the, the technique, the singing, the, the acting, bringing those characters to life. And, um, and when you were watching her on stage, it was like cinema. You know, when, when you see her in the film and you, you have all those close-ups, you see the acting, you know, on all her face, her gestures from, from her eyes to her fingers. It's, um, it's everywhere. It's in her posture, which is different from one character to another. And it is that level of mastery that she attained that made her, I think, so famous and famous up to nowadays, even 40 years after her passing. Yes, and I think you're absolutely right to uh, pinpoint her in her ability to emote and to connect with an audience. She has some of the most engaging, beautiful eyes in terms of her ability to express herself through her, that she had this beautiful face. She had a face that I would imagine on stage projected very well to the audience. She has a big smile, these beautiful eyes. She accentuated them with her makeup. She really knew how to present herself. And then she had this serenity on stage. There's a couple of uh, performances in here. The one uh, that I believe it was in London, uh, Tosca, when she performed Tosca in London, I believe the Queen was there. It was a performance. I, I may be wrong. Yes, correct. And That's that, correct. that is absolutely stunning. There's one early in the film. Well, there's so many. I, I don't even want to do this. I was going <laughs> to go through <laughs> some of the performances that I found to be completely uh, engaged. I mean, so beautiful and magnificent, but I won't do that. It's it, There's too many. And um, by, by the end of the film, it, it just you're com- you have you I felt that by the end of the film I knew her as well as I was ever going to get to know her in in as a person and as an artist and I think that's a testament to this film uh, Maria by Callis is that I felt like I I felt connected to her by the end of the film in a way that I never expected and that was my deepest wish in making this film to make people feel that to make people feel by the end of the film that they got to know her that they got to know someone whether regardless of whether they knew of her already or not um it's it's a dialogue it's getting to meet someone and to get on a journey uh with that incredible woman throughout her whole life and um, yeah. having a feeling of being there with her all the time, really close. Yeah. That was definitely my intention, and I'm so glad that you felt that way. Thank you. I very much did. And one last question for you. This is, as I, unless I'm misreading, this is your first documentary film, and I believe your first major film? My? That's correct. Well, <laughs> congratulations on on the film, but also on on uh, you really stepped up your game here to to make this film, and uh, I hope that you have other plans to to continue your career as a filmmaker, and I I uh, I certainly hope that you do, and I hope that when that time comes for another film to come out, I certainly hope you'll you'll come back. 
join us again on Film School. Thank you so much. But, uh, you know, I was very privileged to... Uh, being accompanied in, in the journey of making this film by, by some amazing people. And uh, I, I was lucky to, to have a wonderful producer in France and a wonderful editor who helped create this film because this is a film 100% out of archives. It is created in the editing room. And uh, we, we worked for over six months with Janice Jones to, to make the picture as it is. And uh, I was very lucky also in America to have uh, Sony Pictures Classics uh, distribute the film across the country and now releasing it in DVD and Blu-ray and VOD. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's a privilege to, to have had all these people uh, engage and have so much enthusiasm for, for this project. So I, I can only be grateful for that. Well, you're, you're very humble and very kind to, and you're right, this is a lot of, the editing is obviously very key to, to the success of the film. Uh, and but you have an you have an eye for certainly for a subject and you have an eye for telling a good story, uh, and uh, you, you and your collaborators again all the best to you and all and all my uh, good wishes to you to continue along this journey and uh, I want to thank you so much for being a part of Film School today, Tom Tom Wolf. Thank you so much, Mike. It was really my pleasure to to be with you today. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.